Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to your favorite podcast for movies, comics, and culture. I am your host, Anthony. And I'm Matt. And we are here today with our sponsor for today's episode, uh, Twin Lights Brewing. And we're actually tasting today's Voyager. Yeah. Beer. For the camera, the yeah. Voyager. Oh, me. For the camera. I'm not used to that. Yeah, yeah. This is the uh, American Pale Ale. I have not had it yet. Um, just took a sip. It's absolutely fucking delicious. It actually it's is. It's fantastic. I mean, listen, I haven't had a bad one yet. So <laughs> I'll yeah. be I'll be shocked when I get to a bad one. <laughs> yeah, no, these are these are great. Um, yeah, they say they say they can't all be winners, but so far. Yeah. yeah, look at that. <laughs> look at that product placement. Yeah. Wait, great great product placement right there. It was fun. We actually had, uh, um, just to quickly diverge and plug for another podcast on the Review Podcast Network, Ooh. on Tuesday, uh, Will, founder of Twin Lights Brewing, joined us at Loteria in Asbury Park, um, just like completely on a whim. He was like, hey, we'll come get a drink with you um, at Asbury Park <laughs> Distilling, because we always go there before we go to uh, Loteria, so one drink turned into two at the distillery, and then Campbell was also <laughs> there, too, and Will was just like, Yo, guys, come get tacos with you? And we were like, yeah, like of course, obviously you yeah. can. Like we have we have yeah. our designated space at Loteria every week anyway. They have a table. It's actually about the size of this table right here, and it's funny because every week we go, me, Billy, and Dave. It's usually just the three of us. We sit at a table this big, and this is a table for like twelve people. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> I'm sure when the summer rolls around and it's crowded there, like we won't have that same. We'll also we'll be, we'll be eating outside. Because yeah, you'll be better in the yeah, in the and summer. it's going to be gorgeous. In the, yeah. yeah, gorgeous. Um, in the but summer. yeah, so we we filled up the table, and Will brought another friend also. So there were six of us, just half drunk and high, just yelling at my one omnidirectional microphone. It was fun. It was a good time. <laughs> and just talking about tacos, man. Right, man. Yeah, we yeah. actually talked about the Super Bowl. Um, that was the topic of conversation for the most part. The flag bowl, oh, the, the penalty bowl. <laughs> Dude, it was Man, I think I think uh, as far as the Super Bowl goes, I think that we may have seen the kryptonite to the Patrick Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, supermanness. What the referees that Tom Brady pays off? Well, yeah, well that too. You know, <laughs> no, I just I, I, I think that the defense played him really, really well. No, they really I think, did. The I think they exposed. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe. Some weaknesses in Patrick Mahomes. Will he be at the next Super Bowl or will he fall flat? Yeah, I think he's Stay just, tuned. Yeah. Not to turn this into a sports <laughs> podcast, but I mean, I, I don't know. They just like, he, I don't know if he, I feel like he didn't really come to play. You like, know, yeah. I mean, you don't want to turn this into a, a sports card podcast with our obvious encyclopedia of sports knowledge yeah, that no, we are I, displaying I, right here. I'm not a, a sports ball, uh, uh, sports ball guy. I'll, I'll talk baseball with you all day, but uh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, like, it's, it, about it, it. it's, it's us, us talking about sports is like that meme where the dad opens up the, the door and the kid's playing uh, on, on his computer. He's like, are you winning? Son, Are you like, that's us trying to talk about sports. <laughs> go get him. Yeah. Go. Did you go score my, a home run? <laughs> my favorite sports team. Go score a goal unit basket. Oh god. Uh, All right, so let's get into yeah, the real. So let's, meat yeah, why are we potatoes. here? Let's talk about it. And we are we obviously um here today at a shared universe, but we are at the new Bellworks Shared Universe location, which I have to say, uh, for anyone who hasn't gotten a chance to come down here and, and see it, um, I would strongly encourage you guys to come down and and, uh, and check it out because not only is the storefront very very cool, you can have you know sort of a, a glass front. Um, so if you prefer to podcast with an audience, you can always do that. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, but it's just, I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous. It's beautiful. And that table that you got in the front there, Ming, in the window, that Man vs. Wood, dude, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, it really absolutely looks beautiful. cool. Shout out Man vs. Wood. It was fucking incredible job you did there. Yeah, um, really nice. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just, I, I love, are you, so Ming, are you, are you going to name the studio, um, like, is the Eaton Town, like, a shared universe, 616, and is this like... Oh. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I've been toying, since it's kind of like a fishbowl Look, I've been yeah. talking with the 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 um the name the Danger Room. Oh, you know, I like yeah, that. X Men. Yeah. Yep. Reference. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if that would turn people off. It's like, oh, am I gonna get <laughs> blasted like with a lasers? Danger Room? I don't want to go in there. Yeah, like, Professor X gonna send like you know holographic sentinels after me. <laughs> um, I might have to go back to the past to save my future. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But I've been toying with that I, that idea. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I like man. it. The danger room. You can even set up a maybe like some laser lights and just to, yeah. just to make people paranoid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. We got Funka Jansen to come in. Oh you know, man, like <laughs> I know you got her on speed dial, don't you? Um, I her no, no, <laughs> no. Okay. she's not one of the. Yeah, ones I had my shot. I saw her at a coffee shop in uh, L.A. a couple years ago. Oh, did she, you really? Yeah, she was she was just hanging out with her dog, and there was some some dude with her. Like, I don't, oh, fuck man. that guy. Yeah, <laughs> the only words I could manage out was like, "Hey, nice dog." Was, like, so lame. Isn't she like ridiculously tall? She is, yeah, yeah. and ridiculously yeah. beautiful. Yeah, 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 she is. And, like it's yeah. insane, but yeah, yeah it's I one remember... of those things, right? You really want to be, you know, charming, eloquent, funny, and you know, nice dog. I, re- <laughs> I remember I always, I always chuckled um, in in rounders. Because um, she was, you know, the person, uh, one of the uh, the uh-huh. characters in Rounders, and any scene she had with Matt Damon, who's like short, she'd, yeah, just, like, she'd really. be looking like down on him. Yeah, like, she was she was <laughs> towering over Matt Damon. Yeah, I I I, I got to interject because every time I see that uh, her character name is Petro, she runs around the underground, yes. casino, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. like poker rooms, but. Yep. He's like pushing her away, yeah. and I'm like, "Get, get out of here! Yeah. Man. Stop. No yeah. way! Yeah, no yeah, way!" Especially, no. she's like hammer drunk too, and like she comes over like after his girlfriend leaves him. It's like, yeah, really They're trying You're to show that no. he's like a good man because he's still got his girlfriend, who's like a four, and then Fomka Jansen is like an eleven. Like, come on, yeah. Let's give Christian Balls a solid five. Come on, oh, come on. <laughs> come, come on. on. Um, but even if you ever listen to the commentary for that, like Ed Norton cannot stop talking about how hot she is, <laughs> yeah. and you know, and he's he's not wrong. Yeah, I mean, right? He's not yeah. wrong, but it's almost overbearing <laughs> in the audio commentary. Yeah. I highly, I highly recommend it. <laughs> I it gets to the point to where it's like uncomfortable. You're yeah. like, okay, You're like, man, okay, like, I get okay, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would too. Okay, but this... where is the line that yeah. borders on creepy and okay? <laughs> right <laughs> about in, there. In 1998, <laughs> or whenever that movie came out, there probably wasn't a line nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 98. I was right. Yeah. Look at that. Wow, yeah. it was 98, I'm huh? Fucking genius. Man, way to go. Home run for you. <laughs> God. Anyway, so what we really want to talk about today is, yeah. well, there's a few things, but I think what's going to dominate most of the conversation, because it is so mind-blowingly awesome. I actually read a fun little factoid when I was waiting online um, at the store before I got here. Uh, it is, I'm not sure how they were gauging it, like ratings-wise or streams or whatever, but WandaVision is currently the most popular show in the entire world. Rightfully wow. so. Th- this show wow. is amazing. Wow. Like, just 
next level good. Um, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's it, it's such a unique and brave form of storytelling. Um, it's such a, a, a it's so different from everything that we've gotten already in the MCU. Um, it's different from every other show that's being that's that's being shown right yeah. now. It's such a slow, complex storyline and a slow burn into the story. And it's just it, but it keeps you on the edge of your seat, where you get little crumbs of like what's happening next. What yeah, ha- and it keeps you coming back for more. I think a real accomplishment of this show overall. So we're we're uh, seven episodes in now, right? Or se- six episodes? Six in. episodes, yeah. I think. So what for me the greatest accomplishment of this show, just overall top to bottom, is the fact that it's a it's a comic book show, it's a superhero show. There has been. Bare, like pretty much zero action. Yeah. Like the most action we saw was this week when Jimmy Woo fucking knocked out a couple of uh, sword, yeah. sword agents. You know, yeah. careful um, of spoilers I, for those I, of you I, I, who I haven't I seen almost, it. Sean has sword, yeah, sword, <laughs> sword agents. Um, but like so, so yeah. So it's a superhero show with no action. Right. Yep. It's yep. very character driven, very story driven, yeah. very mystery driven. And here's the thing that gets me. Now, typically in the past, when you've talked about comic book properties yep. that are more character driven, they are always they're almost always synonymous with being dark, like Joker. Right. Yeah. Joker. Very yeah, yeah, yeah. dark. You know, even even the even Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy to an extent, not a whole lot of action, yeah. you know, all things considered in, across those three movies. I mean, uh, a, the last one, the last a one, lot, a had, lot more action, yeah, but the, the two better ones yeah. were a lot less on the action, but they were also so dark. So what I love about this is that to me, it feels like it's the first time we're getting a superhero comic book property. Um that is showing you that you you don't need to have constant over the top action and you don't need to make it dark to make it compelling. And we've been saying like this is something the MCU has been doing for a very long time, mm-hmm. but it's the first time we've seen the MCU do it largely with uh, largely absent of over the top action. So I'm going to agree with you and say that we're seeing that being done right now. The problem is is that it's ridiculously difficult to be able to do it. Right. Because you've got this concept of a superhero and then you're not doing superhero stuff. So and in fact, you're taking a a, a turn to the past and you're making this like a 19 originally a 1960s, then 70s, then 80s. No, 50s first. Right. 50s. 50s, That's right. 50s. Right. Right. right, 50s, then 60s, 70s, 80s now, Um, you know, kind of sitcom element. And, And I think that it's it's only because of the story that they're telling um little easter eggs that they're giving us and and that that it's good like it's just it's being told in the right way and it's an interesting mystery story yeah and i don't think that this would work in any other medium than a half hour episode yeah and and another reason it works too let's not dismiss this you know not to take away from how well done the show is but another main reason why this story works is because with the exception of like you know Monica Rambeau for the yeah. most part, these are all these are characters we know. We we know everything that has happened to Wanda up until this point. We know everything that's happened to the Vision. We know about Darcy. You know, like comic book fans, we know what the fuck Sword is. Without them having yeah. to tell us, you know. Yeah. So it, it it is very much reliant on what's come before it in a sense. But at the same time, though, that like th- that shouldn't be used to detract from the quality of it because it's. We're we're in the world now of the MCU where 
everything is going to be like this going forward. Everything is connected, you know? So, like, like mm-hmm. remember, remember when Endgame came out and we were talking yeah. about it? Or Infinity War, even, and people were like, like some critics were like, oh, in- Infinity War sucks. Like, am I supposed to understand what's going on? Yes, you are. Yeah. Because you're supposed to watch the previous 20 movies yeah. leading up to it. Like, don't don't have it you can't form an opinion on this without knowing what came before it yeah. you know like you don't need to watch you know every like you, you don't need to watch you know daredevil or punisher to know what's going on here right you know but you've got to at least see the core mcu movies yeah and you don't need to see everything you know i mean there are, there's a lot of the movies that you could have cut True. out you yeah, know exactly. and, and you can really still understand for the most part like what's going on yeah right and, and one of the main things that especially with infinity war you know obviously you needed to see you know thor ragnarok really helped bridge yeah, that gap right, it. right and if you definitely like that's that's one of the ones where if you didn't see it i could understand like because it just kind of throws you in there yeah right and it starts right away with thanos beating up the hulk and and everything like that and thor being beat up and loki dying or not dying again. <laughs> so yeah well, um, that universe is Loki is oh, dead. Oh man, Multi- the Loki we're gonna see multiverse is multiverse mad- Loki. Yeah, multiverse madness. Yeah. Um, so let's so- pick up where we left off. The last episode we talked about Wandavision. We had picked. We talked about the first three episodes. Yeah. So episode four is where is the first episode where we diverge from the sitcom format that we were seeing, and we're totally in the real world outside of our little hex bubble. Which I love right. the fact that they call it. A hex because yeah. in it's the hexa- comic it's, books it's that's hexagonal. No, it's from the. <sighs> it's, come on, that's what Darcy says. She goes, "Look, it's a hexagonal shape," and and, and okay, she's like, fine. <laughs> she's but like, we I like all calling know it the hex. from yes. the comic books. Yes, um, that's what they used to call her powers. Or they they did. They still do call her powers in the comic books. She's yeah. gonna put a hex on you. Yeah, powers. Anyway. hex powers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in the that's fourth... what uh, that's a spell. It's a witch yeah, spell. spell. Yeah. So in the fourth episode, we are finally taken outside of the town of Westview into what is outside of it. A little sword encampment and I just the first thing I want to say is that I loved how so in Spider-Man Far From Home we saw people just flashing back after uh, Hulk's snap in Endgame WandaVision did it in a very cool and different way which I'm not sure if that's going to come back into the story at all or not but remember the scenes where it was like it showed people like undusting you know like reforming like like that was like so freaky like yeah (laughs) it was really it was a really cool take on how people would coming back after they were snapped after yeah. they were snapped away um, and one of the things that I think is really interesting is the fact that Monica Rambeau's mother passed away three years you know she's gone so it's she was gone for five years she passed away you know three years after she was snapped so yep. the snap actually like made her like not get a chance to be with her mother when her mother passed away, which is like yeah, you know, kind of crazy. And it's one of those things they they gloss over, but like yeah, just like think about like that that pain kind of you yeah. know like that yeah. Maria Rambo her mother would have felt you know like the snap happens, half of the world is dusted, and then you die, and there's no resolution to yeah, like you nothing, know anything. where everybody else gets you know the happy ending like oh bam everybody's back you know it's five years later but we're back. I think one thing that they kind of glossed over a little bit, which I think is going to come into play at some point, maybe not in this show, it may be more in Captain Marvel too. There seems to be some sort of um, ill will from Monica towards Carol Danvers. I got a sense of that in episode four. So I, I I read an interesting theory, um, and it was based around Captain Marvel's haircut in Endgame. Okay. So 
Endgame happens, obviously, five years after the snap happens. Captain Marvel uh, was obviously very, very close with Monica Rambeau's mother. Um, and so maybe when the cancer came back, Captain Marvel goes down and shaves her head to be in solidarity with her friend who's going through chemo. I like that theory. And then that's why her hair is shorter when she comes back in Endgame. I like that theory. It's I I mean it it I don't know if it's it really that great of a storyline. I don't know if it makes any difference, but it's a pretty cool. Yeah. And, and it's a cool aspect and you could see how it would make sense. So it's not like she was just given a little Dutch boy butch haircut. Yeah. Right? Like she was she had she had cut her hair to be in solidarity with her one of her closest friends who was dying from cancer. Yeah, I think Monica Rambeau is going to end up being a pretty big player uh, in Phase Four. Um, you know, which we've speculated since they talked about her being cast in WandaVision. But in this most recent episode, we learn that there's uh, the Sword agents are doing some uh, you know medical lab run-ups on Monica's blood, and there's some irregularities in there. Things have changed since Monica has now passed through the hex wall twice, gone in and gone out. So that to me is that like that's how they're going to give her her powers because we all know yeah. that in the comic books Monica Rambeau becomes Captain Marvel for a time. Yeah, um, she becomes Photon. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and they, they've since retconned her powers a little bit. They're no longer cosmic based the way they were when she right. originally came out. Now I, I think her character name in the comic books now is Spectrum. Actually, I believe her powers are more a little bit more light based. Yeah. Um. You know. But still, like either way, any way you cut it, like awesome. I think she's going to be a big player. Oh, for and I'm excited sure. About it. Now. Here's the yeah, question. For sure she's going to be a big player. The theory we were talking about earlier. Yes. I think, and this is way out there, but ever since freaking Quicksilver showed up. Well, yeah, alert. so let's 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 talk about that before you get into the theory, okay. right? So, uh, obviously, um, you know, in the in one of the episodes, we have Wanda and she is remembering about her brother, right? And uh, obviously, we've got a chance to see Quicksilver in uh Age of Ultron and in Age of Ultron, he was shot and killed, which was one of the cooler aspects about that movie because I actually did not like the MCU Quicksilver. I really enjoyed the X-Men Quicksilver. I didn't enjoy the MCU Quicksilver. I didn't think he was as good or as as funny as as interesting of a character. So I was actually very happy that they they killed him off in the Completely first movie. Agree. Um and I think it adds depth to the Wanda character. I think it adds a lot. So she's obviously got some issues that she's dealing with. She's feeling very alone. And all of a sudden, at the end of the episode, we see Quicksilver from the X-Men show up on her doorstep. Right. Now, before we theorize... With with Darcy saying, oh my God, did she quick? Did she recast her brother, yeah. right? In a, in a little tongue-in-cheek. Now, before we way. theorize, let's just take a moment to fanboy out for a second about how mind-blowingly awesome that was because we were talking about it among our friend circles and the Rotten Tomatoes League for oh, a yeah. while, and I swore up and down. I said, there is, you know, because Feige has been up there for two years now going, it's going to be years before we get the X-Men, years before we get yeah. the X-Men, right? Yep. But if you read between the lines, right... He said it's going to be years before we get the the X-Men as a team. He never yeah. said it's going to be years before we see any X Men yeah, or any mutant. So yeah. fuck you, Feige, for your double speak. But thank you <laughs> for giving us that because I, you know, I'm, I was very happy to be incorrect about that when she opened the door. 
and it was I thought Quicksilver showing up was a strong possibility. Yep. I and never in a million years did I think that they would drop the Evan Peters X Men Quicksilver yeah, on us. And no, my did I. my fucking dick just exploded through my pants. Like <laughs> that was just so mind blowingly awesome. Yeah, I mean it was it was really, really cool. Um and it, just such a unique way to see and bring in Quicksilver. Now the question remains, right? You know, is that Quicksilver from the X-Men universe or is that just supposed to be her brother in this same universe and then it's just recast? Is it okay. supposed to be the Don Cheadle, you know, <laughs> Terrence Howard? Yeah, it's me. You know? I'm here. Yeah, yeah, let's move yeah, on. Let's move on, right? Is that what it's supposed to be? Here is my theory on this. Okay. So one one thing that we've learned um, pretty much for certain over the last couple episodes, we've learned a couple things. A, we've learned that Wanda is responsible for this, and she is aware to some extent of what she is doing. Yep. What she does not appear to be aware of is the exact why. And she has that conversation with Pietro in this last episode. You know, why are you doing this? I don't really know. You know, it's like so. So it's it, this to me. It it has the potential. There's still a few episodes left, so you don't know which way it's going to go. But to me. This feels like they're ripping it straight out of the comics, and everybody keeps on saying House of M, House of M, House of M. And I keep on saying Avengers Disassembled. Avengers Disassembled. Because House of M, she knew... House of M comes after Avengers Disassembled, first of all, in comic book continuity. In House of M, she knew exactly what she was doing and why she was doing it. In Avengers Disassembled, it was the first time that her powers went beyond her control, and she didn't know what, like, she knew, but she didn't know exactly what she was doing, and she sure as shit didn't know how she was doing it. She didn't even right. know she was that powerful. So right. what I think so is... So for our listeners out there yeah. who may not be familiar with House of M, or... Why the fuck are you listening to this podcast? Well, no, listen. <laughs> so if you're not familiar with House of M, House of M is a storyline where uh, Wanda wanted to take her father, which in the comic books is Magneto, and she wanted to be... Not in, anymore. They retconned oh, that. Right, they retconned it that. It was for it, like 50 years, yeah, but yeah. And for some reason now it's not... Magneto, but Quicksilver's father is Magneto. I don't know. I anyway, <laughs> so it was a way like she he she wanted to be able to protect all of the mutants, right? And then there was, and she wanted to have this sort of like you know kind of utopia environment inside of this alternate reality that she herself creates. And in this, there's a lot of mutant. In fact, I think everyone's a mutant, right? And then yeah, the, the whole thing was that she was. It was actually it was her. If I remember correctly, it was her doing. But there, if I remember correctly, there was a a heavy influence from Quicksilver. Yeah. To to actually do it, but yeah, the idea was that essentially giving um uh, Quicksilver and Magneto the mutant utopia that they've yeah. wanted. You that know, where mutants were work. accepted, and it was a and, whole and thing. it was and, all mutants. There yeah. were no humans, right? right? And humans then, were the underground, the resistance, sort right? Of. And and she. And and Magneto dies, I think, right? Like, doesn't he get killed? Is that why the No More Mutants happens? I, uh, To be perfectly honest with you, I forget how House of M ends. Right. I remember that they use it as a way to bring Hawkeye back because he had been killed in Avengers Disassembled. Yeah. And there was a really cool storyline with Spider-Man, I remember, because everybody thought Spider-Man was a mutant in House right. of M, but he was, and he was married to Gwen Stacy, and, like, he got really fucked up from that whole thing. I honestly forget how it ended, but I do remember it ends with No More Mutants. Yeah, I mean, that was yeah. that was the big ending, and, and essentially she, she completely completely reverses everything and, right. and instead of it being all mutants she yeah. goes no more mutants and there's, there's like no. five there's like 500 yeah, and it, mutants left yeah and that's it and none are being born right. at all like right. n and then until 
you know, faith years later. Yeah. Right. That gets resolved. After, and that uh, was that was a huge thing in the comic books because like that was that was it was like trauma for almost 10 years. I want to say bro. it was for a long time. So I will die on this hill. The period of time that essentially begins with Avengers disassembled in yep. 1999, every storyline all the way up through. Avengers versus X Men, when Hope uh, absorbs the yeah, Phoenix Hope, and, and mutants start to get uh, born again, right? That is essentially one giant storyline, and within there you've got you know Civil War and Secret yep. Invasion and yep. Dark Reign. It's all connected, but that like it was like a twelve year period. I think Avengers versus X Men was like two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. Yeah, that era of Marvel storytelling, top to bottom, is probably the best era. Ever, yeah. Like in storytelling, my opinion. yeah. In yeah. my opinion, it's. I mean, it's. It's just it. Like every comic book is really, really good. Yeah. I even think they had. It, it, was that when Annihilation was too? And the uh, there's been like eight different Annihilation yeah. storylines, so I'm not so, really sure. <laughs> and, and there was one with Thanos as well. I think the Thanos Conquest or yeah. whatever, um, and some pretty cool space stuff. But yeah, I mean, it was it was really awesome, and it was just it resonated until Hope came back, and yeah. and she was the first you know mutant and Cable rescuing her, and like you yep. know, oh man. So so yeah, so so this is sort of like she is creating her own reality to be able to have peace and we found out that definitively that she is in control of everything it's Wanda it's all Wanda in which I loved that I loved that it was such a good way for them to describe it blame it on her and and that's the thing is that I'm hoping and and I'm so afraid that something that potentially could happen in WandaVision that will sort of degrade the story is it if you go away from that, if you make it where, oh, she's just being mind controlled by Hydra, that's going to make the story stupid. I agree. Right. Where if you have this and it is Wanda doing it and it is all her desire all her control. and, and, And even if she doesn't fully understand what she's doing. It's all her doing. Yeah. Like, there is no one else who is to be at fault or at blame other than Wanda. This, to me, since sets up, like, the most amazing redemption story arc. Because if you go back and think about it, you know, she starts in Age of Ultron as a villain, basically. Yeah. She's working for Ultron. She doesn't really know. She has a change of heart when she realizes that what a fuckhead Ultron is. And then, yeah. But really, they never really resolve um, her character arc in terms of what got her to work for Ultron really in the begin with. And like you mentioned before, they never show her dealing with the trauma of losing her brother. So it stands to reason that this is one of the things that like she's, she's lost her brother and you can make the argument that shortly after that happened, she started her relationship with vision to sort of fill that void. And then he had his fucking skull crushed in. Yeah. So now she's unable to process that trauma. And that's where we have this, which is very much like how you got a Avengers disassembled. Now, of course, in Avengers disassembled, it was the trauma of losing her two her two twins, which you find out weren't really we- real to begin with. They were pieces of Mephisto that she had created, and Mephisto reabsorbed it back into her body. Comic books, thing, right? Comic <laughs> books. But I think this sets up for an awesome sort of redemption story because we know she's going to be in Doctor Strange too. So if you end this series with her as a sort of villain, not like a full blown evil villain, but like you know your confused sympathetic villain, yeah, and then have that 
come full circle where she deals with everything, reconciles everything in her fucking head, either at the end of Doctor Strange or somewhere down the line, and fully fulfills her destiny, whatever, as a superhero. That's a really awesome, amazing story to tell. Yeah, and we've definitely seen, like, we're, we're really seeing a great character development and character arc within her, right? Totally. And so, which you, you don't get with a lot of characters in comic book movies all the time. And with this, you're really getting a chance. So, so you're getting a chance to see and understand her trauma. And it's, yeah. it, it's, it's unfortunate because she, her lashing out is putting trauma on other people, um, which we'll touch on, but she, you can understand the trauma that she's gone through and she's now trying to create a utopia for herself so that she never has to deal with any of that Right, that trauma. Ever She's literally again. putting herself inside of a bubble. Yeah, like, literally. Yeah, and that's where she wants to live yeah. for the rest of her life. The problem is, is that she's literally kidnapped yeah. an entire literally, town, literal people, full of hundreds of people, yep. and and they're all literally enslaved. So right let's now. so let's go back to Pietro real quick. And my theory, yeah. Now that we've given you all of this context, here's who I think Pietro actually is okay. in WandaVision. Okay, let's hear. So, it. couple things. We know, like we said, for sure. She's doing this. She is aware that she's doing it. She's not entirely sure why she's doing it, but she's she knows she's subconsciously doing it to fill some sort of void in her soul. She said right. she's feeling very lonely in this last yeah, episode. Empty, blah, blah, blah. empty. And we know for a fact that Vision does not know anything about his life before coming to Westview. We get, we get that cemented in this most recent episode yeah. where Agnes is like, you're an Avenger. And he goes, what's an Avenger? Like, yeah. that's such a great scene. Um, but like, so, and here's the other thing I think. So the, the, the remember the episode where she got the glimpse of vision, um, dead vision, right? Yeah. So I theorized at that time that in this reality bubble, because we all know that Vision needed the stone, the to, stone be alive, to be alive, and right. we don't think that Wanda can recreate the stone, so most likely inside of the reality bubble, we see a live Vision, and this sort of was proved in this last episode when Vision tried to step out of the hex, he started to disintegrate and die. So most likely... Uh, Wanda has reanimated Vision's corpse. And to anybody else outside of the hex, Vision looks like that. That big corpse yeah. missing the thing in his in his fucking forehead. Yeah. So now enter Pietro. I think my theory is that Wanda, in her subconscious search for happiness, when she started to think about her brother, like you mentioned it after Monica mentioned it in the one episode, she essentially did the same thing that she did with Vision plucked his body using her plucked his body using her reality powers popped it in the hex but the way she animated it because she, because her powers are going beyond her control and she doesn't even really understand how to use them this is where the magic part comes in and she's literally bridging realities for souls and pops Evan Peters X-Men Quicksilver's soul into this animated corpse, and that's why. But but she only knows memories of the MCU, Pietro. So that's why they talk about Ultron and being in Sokovia and all that stuff. But we all see, and that's why people on the outside watching this TV show, like Darcy and Wu, right? She see calls that it out. Somebody different yeah. because she's literally plucked this vision of him, no pun intended, outside of the multiverse because his consciousness unlike visions doesn't exist anywhere else right so it so i think that it's answer the, the short answer is that 
it is MCU Pietro, but it's also X-Men Pietro. And this I think is the first glimpse of the of the multiverse. Because I I, I think it's too it's too simple of an answer to just say Oh, oh yeah, it's he, tongue just, and cheek. he just he just popped over from the multiverse and bam. Because like you said, it's they, they talk about Sokovia. Quicksilver from the X-Men never he's not from Sokovia, he's from fucking Detroit or whatever it was, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, you know, so yeah. it's it's and the he's, first and he, hint. Whereas MCU Quicksilver is not a mutant and not related to Magneto at all. Right. Uh, X-Men Quicksilver is Magneto's son. Yep. Like there's several times that it's mentioned and even embraced in Apocalypse. Yeah. Oh, you, you got a, you got, you got metal powers. Uh, my mom used to date a guy like that. Yeah. That's such a great yeah. line. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah and, so, well then they, they even talk about it in Apocalypse. Yeah. Right. Like with Quicksilver and, and like, yep. you know, so that's my theory on Pietro. I don't know. I could be, Way off the yeah, fucking I'm, book with that I, one. Here's, I'm one of the people that thinks that I think it's just tongue in cheek. I think it's I think it's very similar to I think it's Don Cheadle. I think it's I think it's him coming in. I don't I don't want it to be. I want it to be uh, the. I don't think they do that to us. Though. Yeah, I don't, and I don't understand why use the character, why use the actor from the X Men movies. If you're not going to make it, why not just use a different character? Why not use a different actor? I right. mean, right? Like if you have a different actor. There's not going to be any kind of confusion. Like I think if they're using the the actor from the X Men movies, it's because they either want to confuse us or they thought, hey, this will be something that yeah. will be a really fun Easter egg. Which Marvel doesn't really seem to be doing that kind of stupidity yeah. right now. Like I would believe that in an X uh, in a uh, DC movie, like right. very easily. <laughs> That kind of level of stupidity, but Marvel doesn't do that. That's why I'm sticking with my with my touch of multiverse theory is what I'm calling it. Yeah. Because again, remember, she's in Doctor Strange too. The title of that movie is literally the multiverse of madness. Yeah. So while while and we, we know might not... and we know in the Spider Man movies that we're gonna have all of the Spider Man. I think that's still a rumor, technically. Has it been confirmed? I think it was confirmed. Hmm. I think it Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield. Well, either way, I think, I think that I think that here's the important thing. The answer to who Pietro actually is, I don't think is going to come in this series. I don't think it's going to become it's going to come in this series. Yeah, I so, don't I so don't we'll see. I don't think so either. And it's so there's only two episodes left, right? Because it's only eight episodes, very similar to Mandalorian. Oh, that's right. There's only eight episodes. Yeah. So there's. I could watch the show forever. I, you know, especially again, especially because it's such a slow burn. And um, I understand there's a lot of people out there who are not into that. It's not their cup of tea, right? They don't like a slow burn. They want more action. Those people are idiots. Well, look. (laughs) I, I would say, I would say, look, the MCU has something for everybody. Like, this is something that is completely different. It's completely original. And if you don't like it, yeah, don't watch it. It's not a big deal. I don't think that you're going, if you didn't watch WandaVision, that you'd be missing out on a lot of story going into. But it's really nice to be able to have something. Yeah. Right. And it's, and the, the slow burn is very, very interesting. Yep. Right. And it really keeps you hooked week after week after week. Like this week's episode was a little bit more of a building episode. And really, we didn't get a lot farther from, you know, the previous episode. And that's this what episode. makes the show so but that's, good. Yeah, like, but it was a great episode nonetheless. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm still like, I'm still hooked. So what do you think about these Mephisto theories floating out there? I don't, I don't. I don't think I buy them. I don't. I don't. Unless we get Nicolas Cage, I don't want any kind of Mephisto <laughs> theories. Okay, like I know, I know there was another Ghost Rider in Agents of Shield, but no way. Oh, I don't want 
No, I want Nicolas Cage, Ghost Rider, in my MCU. In I want Nicolas Cage in the Multiverse of Madness as Ghost Rider. <laughs> okay, you mentioned Ghost Rider and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so now you're going to trigger. Here's my theory. Here's my theory. Here's my million-dollar theory. All right, here we go. And here if, we go. If this, listen up, listen up, Marvel and Disney. <laughs> if this proves to be even remotely correct, I just everybody will bow down and suck my dick. Okay, that's probably not true. But. So in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., season Four, they introduce from MCU. I'm sorry, from uh, comic continuity, the Darkhold. Okay, the Darkhold is a book. So like a spooky Bible, basically. Yep, little magic spooky Bible. Um, and essentially, what it does is a little ambiguous. But one of the things that they basically confirm that it does is that it fucks with you. Yeah. Right. And in a sense, amplifies a lot of whatever you've got going. Sure. At the end of that season of Agents of Shield. Ghost Rider um, opens up a portal, which I never noticed this. The first time I watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I noticed it on the rewatch. Okay. The portal that Ghost Rider opens on his own is identical, identical to the portals that Doctor Strange and Wong open with their little with rings. With their little, the the little hand movement. The exact same thing. So the one that we see all of the different portals that open up exactly. in Endgame and everything like that. And so the the final scene there is Ghost Rider stepping through one of those portals with the Darkhold in hand. Now I also know, I haven't actually watched it yet because it's a little bit, the show's not as good, but season three of The Runaways, Morgan Le Fay shows up with the Darkhold right. in... Uh, Runaways season three. So there's okay. a connection right there. The Dark Hole is still in play. I don't know how it ends, so this was where my theory might come apart. But I would, I think, my prevailing theory, because I don't buy the Mephisto theory, no. I think it's a little too much. What, that Mephisto to, is? So what is the Mephisto theory? So the Mephisto theory? theory is that he is behind the whole thing, that he's yeah, manipulating he's, Wanda. he's manipulating Wanda, right. And, right. That, and, and that he's the one that created the twins because exactly. that's how it was and in that's, the comics. That's exactly and, what I don't want. Yeah, yeah. I, I've even heard theories that, that Pietro might be Mephisto in disguise, which I don't you know, think is. I, don't, I honestly don't buy the Mephisto theories. Um, so... The what? What are you thinking? Well, I mean, I that would actually that well, that would be kind of cool if 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 Quicksilver and the reason he looks different is because it's actually Mephisto. But then you've but then but then again, it goes back to the question though. But why make it Evan Peters? Yeah, why make it somebody yeah, why make fucking it Evan else? Peters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so my theory is that because the Darkhold is very heavily steeped in magic, and I think that what we're seeing with Wanda's powers is going to turn out to be magic because. Sure. They've never really explained what her powers are in, in MCU proper, right? Mm -hmm. I think that the explanation for this, and it can be very easily done, and it, you know, some people might say, oh, retcon, blah, 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 but it's not a retcon. You just say sometime between the end of Endgame and the uh, uh, the beginning of this series, and in the last episode, he even uh, Quicksilver even mentioned Shangri-La, which is very tied to mystical shit in Marvel Comics. Yeah. I think they're going to tell a bit of a backstory where Wanda, on this quest she has to fill this emptiness in her soul, finds the Darkhold, possibly in Shangri-La, and because the Darkhold has sort of bizarro, you know, evil Bible powers, um, that is what triggers her powers to go on the fritz, sort of, and also powers her up because it's exactly what it did in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It made you crazy but also made you super powerful if you could read it. That's what happens, I think, um, and that is why she 
knows what she's doing because one of the things they establish in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is that while the Darkhold kind of powers you up a little bit, you still kind of, for the most part, remain you know, with your senses about you. You know what's happening, but you might not know all of the why. Some pieces are missing. So just based on all of that, I think the Darkhold being behind this, her using it, not really knowing what it was, being kind of overtaken by it, is a pretty good theory as to why her powers are on the fritz and she's doing all of this. Yeah, that's, I mean, certainly an an interesting theory. Um I, I I mean I don't I, I don't know I'm sure it's wrong but I, I, I just, it feels good to like I mean, it, it, it's 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 interesting <laughs> I mean I don't know I I I I hope that they keep it a little bit more simple and because like I like the 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 idea that here is this super powered being that has to deal with trauma and this is the way that they inappropriately deal with their trauma right like. That I can believe. That's very. It's a very believable storyline, yeah. right? Like that makes sense, right? If once you get overly convoluted and you're like, no, but we still want to have Wanda be a good guy eventually, and she needs to sell action figures and all of that, and she need no man, no. Like there's plenty of female superheroes that are out there that like she would be an awesome villain. Like she is a great Omega powered hero that would make a great villain and was a villain for a long time and multiple times in the comic books yep so it makes sense if and i really hope that they solidify it with it's just her it's just her doing it it's all her doing she just wants to be left alone she created her own little bubble and that's it right and but she she has her powers are starting to to work on their own, almost. Where yeah. she's there, there. It's like her subconscious is is controlling the powers, and she doesn't really, she doesn't fully understand the depth and level of her powers. Well, that was so cool about this most recent episode too, because we saw that her powers, while they seem almost limitless, this episode, se- the most recent episode, seemed to imply that she has to really focus to make them work a certain way. Because remember when Vision was walking around the outskirts of town and there's just like the zombie people, yeah. like the woman with yeah. the clothesline and the tear, yeah, like, the dude, tear. how fucked up was that? Dude, the, the subtle, the subtle, devastating, like, traumatic nature of all of this. And like, and then the fact that they all know. Yeah, they all know. And like, you, like, this is not something that Wanda is going to come back from. Yeah. Like, this is, this is super duper evil. Yeah. Like, she is literally paralyzing and torturing people. Yeah. Like, it is, and it's so subtly done. It is, and it is, absolutely terrifying and it's brilliant that scene brilliant that scene where vision like pops uh agnes out of the hex and she says wanda won't let us even think about leaving the town i'm like like, yo i'm like this is twisted it's so fucked up yeah i love it yeah because she's manipulating them like toys because she's so much more powerful than them she sees them as toys right like that's all she cares about is herself and she found, and like even Quicksilver talks about it. He's yep. like, "Well, when you did, he even use the word utopia." He's like, "Well, when you have a utopia, I don't understand why you'd want to be living in the past." Yeah, exactly. You know, and I thought it was so great, and I love that one. It was just like a subtle conversation that Wu and Darcy had, because um, we talked about this before, even before WandaVision came out. We speculated that Wanda was possibly the most powerful member of the team because remember when she goes one-on-one with Thanos like she fucks him up 
Like, yeah. And if it wasn't, and Darcy even said it, she was like, if it wasn't for Thanos shooting all the missiles, like, she would have ripped him in half. Which I never, I didn't like that part because how would Darcy know she wasn't there? Oh, I have an answer to that. Oh, tell me. <laughs> Give it no, to it, me. It's, it's, it's very, very simple. Um, well, Darcy, okay, so there's two things. Wu would know because he is a government agent. It stands to reason that he's got all the intel from that battle. Sure. Darcy, not as much. Darcy, I think you can easily make the connection. Thor told Jane. Jane told Darcy. Told yeah, Selvig. Told it's all, it all yeah, comes. Yeah, it all comes. Yeah, yeah, the story is a storyteller. Exactly. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, that makes stories. sense. Yeah. That makes um, sense. Wait, something okay. just occurred to me. What's that? Uh, uh, Ming, have you seen this most recent episode of WandaVision? Uh, I actually have not. So, uh, <laughs> I okay, feel just, so bad. No, no, no. I feel so. It just occurred it's, to me we're talking about all dro- of this stuff. Dropping it's, spoilers left and right. It's my own fault. And, you know, I'm, I'm speculating what's what's happening. It's not really a spoiler. No, and and really, yeah, so, in this yeah, episode there really wasn't really much to spoil. It just yeah, yeah. occurred no, to me no, we're, no. we're talking about no. all of this spoilerific shit, and I was like, wait a minute. Well, <laughs> oh well. I appreciate that, but uh, yeah, no, it's my own fault for waiting this long. But no, don't feel bad at all. I love how he says waiting this long. It's Saturday. It's twenty. Four hours, the episode's yeah. been out for like twelve hours. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. No, I um, I I think I, I think one of the things that I love about the the show as well is that yes, there are a lot of delicious Easter eggs that are in there. Like you even mentioned one today, um, with the twins and how Tommy is Wiccan. Oh, and Wiccan's his, costume, and he's wearing the Halloween okay. costume. Of Wiccan, it's and I didn't so even good. notice it. And he's it's just a cape and a headband. And then as soon as you pointed it out, I was like, duh. Like, it was so good. It yeah. was so well done. The original costumes, too, of both Vision and Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, yep. getting a chance to see them. Ugh, Dude, and talking about Easter so eggs, good. I love it. was like the smallest Easter egg, but the kick-ass Easter egg from this most recent episode. Yeah. When he was like, because, um, you know, Evan Peters was in kick-ass. He was, yes. Which is uh, so funny, because yeah, Aaron yeah, yeah. Taylor-Johnson, who was MCU Quicksilver and Evan Peters were both in Kick-Ass, um, and that I, I forget what that what is said, but then Quicksilver goes Kick-Ass, and the kids go yeah. Kick-Ass, yeah. and Wanda goes Kick-Ass. Like yeah. it was just such a great little like yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a, a nice little nice little nod. And then of to, course uh, this this movie. week we got the so every week we've been getting cool little Easter eggs in the form of the opening credits. Yes. So first it was like yes. you know Dick Van Dyke show yep. opening credits. Then it was Bewitched opening credits, and then it was uh, what was the seventies one? What, what do they mimic for seventies? I'm forgetting now. Uh, uh, I know Family Ties was the one they did last week with the yeah, 80s. Yeah, with the 80s. And this it was week was like ties. a big Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, like, very. You know. It was so Malcolm in the yeah. Middle. Yeah. Oh, great. Brady Bunch. Thank you. That's right. what it was. Yeah, it, it was, was the Brady, Brady Bunch, Bunch of the right. 70s. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. and and like I, I love that. And then the other thing that I want to talk about, and chat me up here. Go. The commercials. I want to talk about the commercials Yo, okay, because yes, we were we yes. were kind of touching on this, uh, you know, uh, while we were talking before we were recording. But let's let's talk about the commercials because I think the commercials that happen in the show are really they they are definitely telling story. We just don't know what story that they're telling right now, right? Because every commercial, so so the the obvious thing about the commercials is that they are referencing 
things that have already happened. They're in, referencing in, something. That's exactly. the obvious thing about the commercial. So like the They're first one the yeah. first one was the toaster, right? And right. it references the Stark, Stark toaster, right. right? The the other the second one was the um the the watch where they mentioned right. Von Strucker. And we all know that Von Strucker was yep. the guy that did the experiments on them in Age of Ultron and gave them their powers. Then right. the next one was the soap, the Hydra soap. Right, the Hydra Another soap. Another reference to like whatever. Um, and then there was the paper towel one, which talked about Lagos. the Lagos paper Lagos towel. Lagos paper towels, which is where the Civil War started. Right? Exactly. That's, That's where she blew that up was, the building. She blew up the building. Right. That was the, the, the thing where like Iron Man gets all upset because yep. the kid dies in that building. Yep. So- that's another thing. No, the kid, the kid died in uh, Sokovia. Oh, he did die in Sokovia. Right. That's right. Yeah, he was on that's a right. UN mission. Yeah, which, that's right. Which was the Alfie, Alfie Woodward played the parent, but she was also the person from Luke Cage. Bit of a continuity error there, but that's okay. We'll yeah, ignore that's that. Right. <laughs> um, the. Uh, yeah, so so here, okay, so before we talk about the most recent commercial, let's just speculate on these. So we know that they're they're referencing things that have already happened. Yeah, but what does that? What could that possibly reference? Or like, what could that possibly mean for the now? Yeah, why is it important to the story? Because I think that it's it's very obvious that all of them are very important to the story. Yeah, this and is the one piece of the puzzle I can't figure out. Yeah, I can't either. Right, and I don't know how it's all going to fit in, but it definitely. I mean, it's it's very very, uh, it, it's a, it's an, a a cool, interesting take. It really gives you that half hour sitcom story feel, yep. where it's got these product placements and stuff like that. But it's obvious that these are maybe like bits of Wanda's memories. Well, I, I, I think mean, that's I, I think that's I part of it. I mean, I they definitely any yeah. I mean, they definitely are, but that still begs the question for me. Why? Like, why do we need to revisit these memories? How are these going to come back? At first, right. I thought maybe it had something to do with the people in the commercials. It's always the same guy and, and woman. But then I was like, I've never seen these people before. There's no indication of who they could possibly be. So that probably isn't anything, you know. Um, I thought maybe it was like some sort of weird reference to like the Infinity Stones, maybe, you know, like that doesn't make any no, sense. Really that, yeah, that doesn't seem to fit. Either. But the most recent commercial, this is the one that really has me guessing and this is the one I have the strongest theory about. Yeah. So the most recent commercial is the it's a cartoon commercial. It's the first commercial that doesn't feature the man and the woman that we just talked about. It's an Correct. animated commercial. It's a kid. It's, right. It's the first animated one. Right. That we get. And it's a kid on an island. And it's a very 90s style commercial to fit with the whole I, thing. I literally remember this commercial. I think it was Shark Bites uh, Gummy Fruit Snacks. Yep, exactly. I think, I think that's what it was. Exactly. And, and like, I remember this commercial vividly from the 90s. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, the, it's a kid on an island and he's got uh, the shark shows up and he gives him Yo Magic Yogurt. Yeah. Yo Magic Yo Yogurt. Yo Magic Yogurt. And the kid can't open the, the fucking yogurt, and it shows like a time lapse, and the kid literally dies trying to open the magic yogurt. So here's what I think this means, and I, I still don't know how it's really connected, I guess, other than a timeline thing. But again, going back to the comics, in the comics, the theory behind chaos magic, which is what she uses in Avengers Disassembled, is that if you use it, too much, it draws on your life force. Sort of like a Dorian Gray. Exactly. Yeah. And it could end up killing you. Yeah. So I think that this is the only way I could possibly think to look at these commercials is this, is that 
the Yo Magic commercial references Chaos Magic, and that's what she's using right now. And if she uses too much of it, it's going to kill her. Everything else is her past leading up to this moment where she's using the Chaos Magic, and it's foreshadowing that using this magic too much is going to kill her. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I and I, I think that that's especially because it's called Yo Magic. Right. Like it's, it's like Yo it's Magic. Like, yeah, it's Yo Magic. Yeah. So I think I think that it is. I think it's talking about her. But what is what is him being unable to open it? Like that has to signify something. Like the, the him being unable to open the magic and to be able to use the magic. And then he obviously starves to death. There's got to be some significance to not being able to. So to the use only the thing magic. I can think of is again not to go back to the comic books every time, but one of the things that like Doctor and again this sort of thinks about the movie or whatever. Doctor Strange is the person that has to show up later on in that storyline after Avengers disassembled to teach Wanda how to use the chaos magic so that it doesn't kill her basically so maybe him not being able to open it is a is a symbol of 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 Wanda not being able to use it properly and that's why it's slowly killing her now do you think that in by the last episode we're going to have another avenger that comes in to be like like maybe doctor strange to be like yo wtf like, yeah. What are you doing? Like, I, what are you doing right now? I think that's a strong possibility because, yeah. again, like we said before, she's been confirmed to appear in that movie. Right, and, in, in Doctor Strange. Right, and we don't know if it's going to lead directly into this movie, but I think it makes a lot of sense to maybe not have Doctor Strange show up to, like, save the day sort of thing, but in, like, you know, an after credit scene, like, he's the one that shows up and he takes Wanda or something, like, you know, like... I hope just, she's the villain. I hope she is the villain in that movie. I think she's gonna. I'm telling you, it's gonna be I, a redemption story. I think it's gonna be a redemption story. She's gonna be the villain, but then in the end, she'll come get around redeemed. and yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's gonna be hard to re- have to redeem her without killing her. You know, yeah, like, because like she's she's pretty far off the deep end, and like she's literally torturing people right mm-hmm. now, like literally torturing them every day of their life. Yep, and. That ain't cool, man. Like, and you can't just like forgive and forget that kind of stuff. I know that you know. Oftentimes in movies, there's that suspension of of belief, right? And you just kind of like, oh, you know, it's like uh, like in Tango and Cash, right? <laughs> Tango and Cash, they 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 break the law, they they escape from prison, right? They break yeah. out of prison, and then oh no, we just we have this file, and it'll clear our names, so we don't have to go back to prison, and all of these totally. other crimes like don't matter at yeah. all, right? So we definitely don't want to have the whole Tango and Cash thing, where like. Oh, one nice thing that she does, like it erases all of this horrible thing. And and, you know, and I, I think done. it will. I think it will be something kind of like redemption e sort of thing mm. because the one thing that Marvel has done well um, is show the consequence. I mean, look at like Civil War. Like like that's what Civil War was about. You got to see those consequences, you know. Um, and then they, you know, you you have Infinity Infinity War to sort of sweep that under the rug a little bit but it works you know like it all works so i do think that there's gonna be like a bit of a reckoning for her i think marvel is comfortable taking that kind of a risk and truly portraying her as you know not a not an evil villain but a villain nonetheless you know 
Because, I yeah, mean, like, again, I think, how many times have we talked about it? The best villains are the ones that don't know they're villains or that they think they're not. You know Yeah, what I mean? they those think they're the not villains. villains. Yeah, of course. Of course. And, of course, those villains then making the redemption like Darth Vader, right, in the Death Star. Exactly. Or the second Death Star, rather. Um you know that that when they when they have that redemption moment, and you're like, okay, like you know this, but you they have to die at the end, which I also don't necessarily disagree with because look, you can't have the same actors in in these roles forever. Like yep. you have to kill off. That's why you're getting rid of. That's why they got rid of Tony Stark. It's why they got rid of Captain America because you gotta make room for newer actors to yeah. come up into these roles. Yep. Right. You gotta. It's like you WWE, know, baby. It's well, I and mean, it was put him over, say, baby. Put him over. I mean, Shawn Michaels was kind of talking about it because Shawn Michaels has a, a very um, prominent hunting show, and one of the reasons why a lot of hunters go out there is because you have to take out the older group of animals so that the younger group can come up, right? And that's like a very important thing, and that you you need to do that, right? Yep. And having this where she becomes the bad guy, and then has her redemption but dies in her redemption in trying to save everyone right and she can save everyone right it's almost like it's almost like Sean Connery in Highlander 2 oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, just I can hear the collective groan out there <laughs> No, okay, maybe it'll be a little bit better than Sean Connery in Highlander. <laughs> it can't be any worse, that's for sure. Oh, man. Fuck. What a great Coming movie. soon anyway. to the Review Podcast Network, <laughs> Cannon Fodder's take on the Highlander universe. Uh, no, so so I think I think it could make sense if it's a redemption story and, and she is able to sacrifice herself, but I don't think it works without her dying. Like, yeah, that's the thing. I think I think we're we're in Scarlet Witch's Endgame. Like she's back, Ugh. she's here. We're we're eventually she's. I know. I don't want to see her die. I love her. Character. I know. I like uh, her character too. That, but, but it would I be good storytelling. It, it would be, be good. good but you have to. I mean, yeah. that's just that. It, otherwise, it's it's not good storytelling and yeah. she's just there and if like, they if they kill and, her and then what because then they're then they're protecting a criminal who's right. literally tortured hundreds of people tortured yeah tortured if they kill her off which i agree i think is the best thing like probably in doctor strange i think would be the way to do that um i want i want wiccan to take her place I won't because they they've already done this whole aging up you know nonsense. Just fucking tack on ten more years, make him twenty years old, and just or and put Wicked. Maybe not as, even just leave him as a little kid, and, and just keep him as he gets as he gets older over be. the next yeah. ten years. He will then you have him like imagine because like what he's let's let's say he's eleven twelve right now yeah right? It looks about that you know and then there's going to be movies for the next ten years like yeah. they were for the last ten years can you imagine if there was a kid who was in like that was the thing so in Endgame there is a person who is in the back of Tony Stark's funeral that nobody recognizes everyone's like oh yeah the kid from Iron Man three it's the kid from Iron Man three yeah. because he was a kid in Iron Man three and surprise surprise. Children yeah. grow up and yeah, get it was older. Like eight years earlier, yeah eight, yeah. yeah, eight years later, he grows up and he's now in his twenties. When he was twelve, when, yep. you know, when Iron Man three. Now he's much older, and he's and and it's like, oh, okay. So if you do something like that, where now you have his character and he slowly gets older, and we see him get older, it's great because we grow, his character grows, 
as he grows in real life. That and was such a cool amazing. Easter egg because Iron, Iron Man three is a great movie. I don't care what anybody says it, it, it's, it's a great fucking. It is. Movie. It is. It does have its moments. People that don't like Iron Man three are stupid people. I'm upset that they never stuck with the Iron Patriot. Like why when when War Machine came back? I know was that was a War Machine. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like you they, have, they should have never done it. Like never should have never done never should have done Iron Patriot. Yeah. It's just, just like that's saved such a, great, for a later date. That's such a great character, and yeah. for them to use the paint job, although because I don't care what anybody. Well, you could also have like maybe that's the thing. Maybe later on we're gonna see a Norman Osborn find we'll that see. Iron Patriot armor, that's which I think would be that's a reach. I should be cool. I don't care what anybody says. One of my favorite scenes, and I I, I think Age of Ultron is. With the exception of the Dark World, Age of Ultron is probably one of the weaker MCU movies. Oh, yeah, it's by um, far. But I don't care what anybody yeah. says that that fucking scene where the helicarrier shows up, which you later find out that ta- that Phil Coulson built in Agents of Shield for Nick Fury for Age of Ultron was so awesome. When that helicarrier shows up and the Ultron drones start attacking it, and Nick Fury goes. Show them what we got. And then War Machine comes flying in, just murking drones. Dude, I, I marked out so hard because I've always yeah. loved War Machine. And I yeah, I was like, I, I wanted him to be in the Avengers picture. I, I didn't want him to just live only in the Iron Man movies. I wanted him to be upgraded so hard. And when he shows up in that scene, murking Ultrons in, oh, God, it was such an awesome fucking scene. Yeah, it was really cool. And I think that... Uh, especially with Rhodey's character, you've seen a lot of consequence that has oh, happened, yeah. right? Especially like like he he's paralyzed from the waist down, like, and he has to like he's able to walk because Tony Stark yeah, got gave Stark him tech, the baby. yeah Stark Tech legs, right? Which is great, but it it really shows that there is consequence, yeah. right? The fact that Tony Stark is dead, the fact that you know um, there are still other people that. They got snapped and, you know, and there have been consequences and changes since they got snapped. Like a lot of that stuff is really, really cool. And I think that that is a big indicator that, yes, this is not going to be this is will not go unresolved. Like there will be consequences for Wanda's character that will last for the rest of the time. Totally agree. So here's my last question about WandaVision. Do you think or who, I'm sorry, who do you think Monica Rambeau is going to meet at the end of that episode? Remember, she her phone buzzes and she goes, oh, here's my here's my way back into the hex calling me right now and her and Jimmy Woo leave to go meet whoever this person is. Who do you think she's going to go meet? Oh, that's a great question. Because I, I, I I'll tell you who I think it is and who I want it to be. I... I... It. I was my my first initial reaction is Agnes, right? Where it's going to be, it it it's Agnes who's in there, and that's who. Okay, all right, that's is, fair. Is reaching out to her, but then Agnes really doesn't know. Like, right. Vision had to like fix her mind. Right. So who do you For, want it to be? If you could pick any character, man. who would you want it to be? Quicksilver. I mean, well, how could it be Quicksilver? How could it be Quicksilver? Yeah, yeah it could it be? How could it be anybody? What are you drunk? No, but how could it be anybody? Okay, bring it. I mean, it, it would have to be. It would have to be Doctor Strange. I mean, that's the only person that. Yeah. Right. So, who, yeah. So again, who I think it is, Doctor Strange. I, I think that would make a lot of sense yeah. just knowing what we know. I yeah. think. Um, I think a character like 
Rhodey is a strong possibility. Um, but here's who I want it to be. Okay. Reed Richards. That's who I want it to be. Why would it be Reed Richards? Because I want them to establish Reed Richards, Sue Richards, Johnny Storm, and Ben Grimm as people, regular human beings, doing their fucking their regular human shit. being yep. stuff. Doing their regular human being stuff. Reed Before Richards is some sort of subcontractor for Sword who observes sentient worlds, space shit that Reed Richards loves, and then you introduce them early, and that feeds into the origin story because instead of it being like in the comic books where they're on some, you know, self-funded mission to space where they get blasted with comic rays, or I'm sorry, comic cosmic rays, yeah. now they're on a sword mission. That's interesting. That's, that's what a, I that's, want to say. That's, I mean, it's an interesting idea. Or Sue Richards. One of well, the well, because I've heard the rumor that Captain America is coming back as Human Torch in Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> I've, I've, that's what I've heard. I've, I've heard he is going to show up in Multiverse of Madness as the Human okay, Torch. Okay, so that's the tongue-in-cheek shit that I want. That's yeah, the, like, like, I like would a, love like that. Like a 30-second scene. Like, he just shows up. Like, But just have it. But it's got to be, like, so douchey like yeah he he's to gotta like, have that like, personality no shirt like bleach blonde hair <laughs> just like the douchey like have girls on his arms yeah. just like the douchiest fucking thing ever oh my god that would be so great yeah, it would be amazing <laughs> it would be like the coolest thing in the world oh right my god. and you just get him and then he's just there oh my god yeah it'd be so much fun and like or like how cool would it be to see Jessica Alba? Like I would love to see Jessica Alba in in coming in and and reprising her her Sue Storm role. Hey man, I've said this before a thousand times and I will say it again. The first Fantastic 4 movie, the first 2 thirds of it are a it's a very good yeah, comic it's, it's book movie. Highly it's enjoyable. A, it's a classic, well-done character-driven origin story. And then the third act when they just having, go having the dude, full on action that makes no sense with Doctor Doom, and then it just woo. having the dude from Nip Tuck be Doctor Doom. Was dude, not. it was so. <laughs> Although I love, and then Nip he had like organic metal like under his face, right? Like, which is, I just, it's it's kind of like the uh, ultimate Doctor Doom. Yeah, that was like, kind of like the way that he oh, was. It was so it, dumb. Yeah, it was, it was so dumb. It was not good. Yeah, that, that was movie not good. was great up until the third act. Like yeah. I was, I was, I, I, remember, I will never forget watching the movie in theaters. I'm like, oh, this movie is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's and then cool. it just went from a hundred to zero in the blink of an eye. Yeah, and the second yeah. one, and Michael Chiklis was great as the thing, dude. He was practical great. effects are better. Yeah, they, like they really are. He they looked really are. so good as the thing. And I think I think that a lot of people are realizing that it's actually cheaper to do practical effects nowadays. Like we've yeah. passed we've we've like 100,000 dollars per frame with CGI. Yeah, we've passed that <laughs> threshold, right? Where where CGI was the way that was cheaper than it was to do practical effects and that's why we had a lot of CGI. But the fact of the matter is is that unless you want to have really terrible looking CGI, <laughs> Wonder Woman, uh then yeah. you, then you have to do practical effects. Yeah, because Whereas, people are like, lazy now with CGI. It's made the people lazy. Somebody I, I saw a, a behind the scenes for a TV show where they ran an airplane into an airplane hangar and it was cheaper for them to do it that way. Oh yeah. And buy a to like rent an airplane Airplane and to to build like this faux hangar to smash an airplane into 
than it would would be to CGI it. Yeah, because it just absolutely. wouldn't look good if you because it yeah. would just be cheap. No, it's always cheaper. Yeah, and, and like sometimes you know like. When you look at, we've talked about this before, like when you look at, you know, a character like the Hulk, the Hulk is like 12 feet tall. Like, you know, that has to be a mocap, you know, kind of character. A character like be. the thing, you know, yeah, the thing is supposed to be taller, but can you get away with him just making a, a little bit of lifts in his shoes and a rubber suit? Yeah, and it looked awesome. Yeah, I mean, you, great. you have to have a good rubber suit, but yeah, I mean, yeah. and that one, it did look good. It looked great. It, it looked fantastic. Yeah. I mean, again, we, I, th- I think we, we talked about the Ninja Turtles, but dude, the 1989 oh, Ninja 19- Turtles suits are infinitely better than that CGI monstrosity that Michael Bay made. Yeah. The, infinitely better. The, the 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 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is like that that is the best I've ever seen. Yeah, that's peak a, like, rubber suit. A, a, a rubber peak suit. Peak rubber suit. Yeah. yeah. I have never seen a rubber suit look better. But that's also because they had like the whole facial structure was all animatronics. Right. Like there was an entire robot under that face to be able to lift and do very yep. specific, you know, kind of things. And it worked. It. It and it worked. worked. It, it worked really well. And it made the whole movie so much better. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you know, really excited to see where WandaVision goes uh, from here. I think where I think this is going, I think WandaVision is serving as a setup to build the villain for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yep. I think I, I think I, I think Wanda is the villain and will be the villain in Multiverse of Madness. I think she'll be a great villain. I think it makes sense. I think it's going to be really funny to see and how they bring in all these other people and kind of bring it into one. The only thing I'm interested in is Quicksilver who is he? I want to know more about this Quicksilver. Yep. Is it just supposed to be, is he Don Cheadle in in Iron Man 2? Or is this supposed to be like the actual Quicksilver from Avengers? Will we get Fassbender in an Avengers? I want Avengers Ooh. versus X-Men so bad. That is such a, a, a multi-billion dollar movie franchise. Like Avengers versus X-Men would just be an amazing story and it would be so much fun and it would be you would have people that would be more split than it is in civil war yeah right and you can have you can have like you could have an entire phase like phase five is all avengers versus x-men right leading up to it yeah i mean like how long i mean it was a 12 month arc the like when they did it in the comics and it crossed over with every single comic in the mcu yep Yep, basically. So like everything revolved around around the the Phoenix Force and I and loved Marvel Avengers vs X Men. Avengers vs so X Men was awesome. And like I said, it was an, just an amazing cap on like twelve years of storytelling. And how amazing. cool would that be? Where you do you could splinter the Phoenix Force, and you could have now like multiple of the X Men get the Phoenix Force, and they have to fight the Avengers. I would, ju- I would just like to see the Phoenix Force done correctly for once. <laughs> We're over two now. Well, like, can that's we just get not one. No, once, no, please. No, Motherfuck. you. Got Got it. You got it in the X Men cartoon show, and that's good enough. <laughs> good you enough. You know what? Good enough. Oh God. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, listen, you guys know the drill here. Uh, go like all of our stuff. Subscribe. Go comment. Tell us what you think. How do, who do you think Pietro is? Yeah. How, when well, is this going to what, – what is this going to lead into? What is Wanda doing? Is Agnes actually Agatha Harkness? Is Mephisto going to show up? Please know. Just tell us what you think. Yeah, and let, let us know. We want to hear your theories. We want to hear your thoughts about where the, the universe is going. Do you think that Wanda is being set up to be the villain in another movie, or do you think 
think that this is really just going to be something that they're just going to kind of sweep all under the rug and, oh, well, it's going to be business as usual and Wanda's going to be just a good guy again. <laughs> you know? Well, we'll have all of the answers to these questions as we come back for our next episode, which we will most assuredly be talking about the conclusion of WandaVision. So uh, until then, I am Matt. I'm Anthony. And as always, stay tuned, true reviewers.